0: Well, today's scripture reading uh, is going to come from the Book of Lamentations, and uh, we're going to read uh, chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. We're going to be reading this in the ESV, so if you guys uh, have a Bible that you, you, you've brought or a Bible app, uh, we also have Bibles in the back if you want to grab one of those, um, and we encourage you to look that up. We'll also be uh, projecting it. Um, But for those joining us online, I realize sometimes it's really hard to read that uh, on on a screen, and so uh, feel free to look that up. Again, it's Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. And uh, we ask that you please stand as able uh, for the reading of God's word. If you're joining us here in person, if you're comfortable doing that at home, may the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Well, friends, today's uh, message is called Unstuck in the Middle. And uh, yeah, I I was kind of thinking about this idea of being in the middle of things. And uh, this, by the way, happens to be the title of a a, a Disney show that my kids used to watch all the time. Uh, Just kind of like fun fact. uh, It's one of the the first roles for Jenna Ortega, who was Wednesday Addams, if you guys saw that show. And also like the little girl, she's uh, Little Gamora in uh, uh, (laughs) Infinity War, if you've seen that. But anyways, um, yeah, so so the idea of being stuck in the middle in in this context, in the show, it's somebody who's in like a very big family. And so there's like five kids and she's like in the very middle. So uh, that's where the the idea of being stuck in the middle comes for for the show. But I think for a lot of us, uh, maybe the idea of being stuck in the middle is this idea that we like beginnings, right? Like starting a new thing can be very exciting. Uh, There's uncertainty, sure, but I think a lot of us, man, we have so much hope at the beginning, right? We're like, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do this awesome thing, right? And then, of course, the, the end is the goal. And so sometimes, like, when you're really tired, but you can see the goal coming, Like, you get a little burst of energy because you're like, yo, I'm almost there. And for some of us, that's what brings us through is we just think about the thing that we want, right? We think about the end goal, about having that thing. And oftentimes, the end goal is actually going to be a new beginning, right? And then you start over, and then you have a new thing, right? But there's this thing that it's the bulk of it. It's much longer than usually a start or an end. Uh, It's the middle, right? Now, maybe some of us, we don't like the middle so much that we're just always starting and ending, right? Like, we're just like, oh, you you know, like, I I just don't like the middle, so let's start a new thing, right? And we're always kind of changing or, 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 you know, going to the, the next new thing. But friends, I think that just goes to show how hard the middle can be. What is the middle? The middle is just the stuff of life, right? So you get a new job, right? The middle is going to that job every day, right? The middle is having a boss that maybe isn't always pleased with your performance. The middle is having coworkers that you don't always gel with. The middle is trying to figure out what meaning this job could possibly have in the greater scope of the kingdom of God, right? The middle, uh, well, okay, so, and and then the beginning, you know, for relationships is like the courtship, the dating, right, And, and in many ways, marriage, right? Like, at least the wedding, right? The wedding is the beginning. It always drives me crazy because um, in, in many ways, uh, the, um, l- like a lot of romantic comedies, they portray weddings as the end. And maybe it is the end of your courtship, right? And so maybe for some of you, like when you first meet, you're like, oh, this is so awesome, you know? And some people, they don't really have much in middle. They just kind of are like, okay, you're the one, let's get married, right? And then you think it's an end, but it's really the beginning, right? What is the middle? What is the middle of marriage? The middle is just having to wake up and you know figure out what to do with each other and <laughs> how to stay <laughs> married and how not to like get annoyed at their little foibles and their little habits that that you just didn't know about at the beginning right you found out about those things about 6 months in or maybe like for the first 6 months those things didn't bug you but in month 7 it started to bug you right and you know the middle is all the stuff is it's raising kids it's you know uh, just trying to navigate all of the disappointments of life together all of the highs and lows all of the ebbs and flows of, of emotions, and even for you to, to kind of like feel that feeling of you know falling out of love, whatever that means. Like maybe it's just this emotional thing for you and just realizing, whoa, I made a commitment for life. How do I do this middle thing? Right, the middle for some people in school is well, it's just school. Right, beginning of the school year maybe is exciting for a little bit. You're like, "Hey, friends, I haven't seen you," <laughs> you know, and this is so fun. And then the middle starts about like day three <laughs> for a lot of people in school, or the second week or whatever, right? And and you're waiting for that summer vacation. But everything else in between is the middle. The middle is just life, friends. And, and I have to say that I think we don't do the middle really well. I think in many ways, the start and the finish are always glamorized, right? It's always the thing that is focused on. In many ways, we have a goal-oriented society. And so the start and the ends are very easy to define. And so we like to highlight those things. We like to to, to visualize those things. And they're easy to visualize, right? It's very easy to visualize what the beginning looks like. It's very easy to visualize the end. And oftentimes, we think that the middle is going to look like the beginning and end but we know it doesn't, right? Like, like the emotions of, of a new thing are of course going to fade away because it's not gonna be new on day seven, on day 100, day 200, on year 10, on year 11, right? And so in many ways, friends, how we do the middle is how we do life. But maybe for some of us, we feel like we're stuck, you know, and, and not only just stuck, you know, but there is something like actively that's like not good about this middle, right? Um, so if you know any story, um, there is no story that is worth seeing or worth watching or worth reading that is just like happy, happy, and then happy, right? We know that every story there's conflict, right? If you've ever seen a, a movie or a show that was just happy and then happy, 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 and all the way through, you probably stop watching, right? You probably got bored, you know? In many ways, we just know that that's not how life works. There's always gonna be conflict. There's always gonna be dips, right? And that is definitely true of life, so maybe some of you are going through that right now. You're going through your own conflict. You're going through your own stuck moment. You're going through something that is difficult or uncertain. And I got to say, you know, for me and, and where our ministry is, being stuck in the middle isn't necessarily like, like a, a, about really terrible things happening, but maybe it's just uncertainty. That's the thing that's been getting me lately is like, I just don't know what, you know, the next six months or year is going to look like. And I don't like that. I like certainty. I like being able to visualize it, you know. And so, friends, I, I got to tell you, uh, Lamentations, uh, I, I think there's a lot to teach us about being stuck you know, and I got to say that Lamentations is not a book that we really enjoy in the Bible. Um, pretty much the only scripture that's ever read from Lamentations is, are the verses we just read right? It's literally the only ones that people really kind of enjoy or get read on a regular basis in church. Uh, Particularly verses 22 and 23, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We're like, yeah, God's love. Yeah, God is faithful. And we like to emphasize that part, right? Because it's up here. We like this, right? And even in church, I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest, right? We, we we like the high moments, right? We like the resurrection. Sometimes the cross can be kind of rough, right? Sometimes the 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 you know uh, pe- people you know yelling "Crucify him" can be kind of rough. Like you know "Hosanna," that's exciting. You know "He is risen," that's exciting. But there's some other stuff in the middle that it's it's just a little rougher, right? We 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 sometimes don't like that, you know. And so I got to tell you about. Over 40% I've heard of all of the poetry and the songs in the Bible are what we would call lamentations, right? And, and what lamentations are is just, it's just realizing that life is hard, right, and, and confessing that and not being okay with that in many ways, right? And there's a lot of that in the Bible. And friends, you know, just to give you a little bit of context, you know, for the book of Lamentations, um, this is uh, something I looked up so I could give you a very short kind of description. The book of Lamentations expresses the humiliation, suffering, and despair of Jerusalem and her people following the destruction of the city by the Babylonians in 587 B.C.E. So if you guys don't know that there was this time where the kingdom of Israel just went bye-bye, right? They were completely obliterated. And, And, you know, the final blow was Babylon and taking the last remnants of the kingdom of Israel and taking their people to Babylon. So they were in exile. And the book of Lamentations is expressing this, like look at those words, humiliation, suffering, despair, Right? Friends, do you understand now why we don't often read from Lamentations? <laughs> you know, I, I heard that, like, you know, something like 40 to 45% of all our biblical liter- uh, uh, poetry and songs are Lamentations. But being like generous, uh, I, I heard this, this professor, Sung Chan Ra, talk about this. He wrote a book on Lamentations, and he said he looked at the top 100 praise songs. And he said, even being like very, very generous, like, like even if there's just one line that was kind of a lamentation, he said that it, uh, our praise songs was something like under 5%, right? There, there was like five that maybe had any lamentation, right? Everything else is happy, happy, joy, joy, yes, yes. You know, God, you can do it. And friends, don't get me wrong, right? Probably about 55% of the, the, the songs in the Bible are that. But almost half are not, Why? Because there's a recognition of the way life really is. And friends, we look at this, and even just hearing the words, humiliation, suffering, despair, there's a lot of us who are like, mm, yeah, 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 I, I don't want to do that. Like, like, I don't want to think negatively. right? I don't want that to bring me down. That's kind of a bummer. right? And, and we don't necessarily want that from our spirituality, but this is the thing. If we don't have a spirituality that deals with the middle, I think we're going, to have a lot of, we're going to have a lot of hardship dealing with the middle because in many ways, you are not going to be spiritually equipped to deal with the middle, right? And your God is going to be a God of victory and triumph and not a God who knows how to suffer and not a God who knows how to be with you in your suffering, not a God who knows how to tolerate and listen to and, and understand your suffering. On some level, we know that, right? But we're, when we're really, really, really stuck, when it's not just like, oh, yeah, you know, I've had a hard week or I'm a little bit tired, but it's like I'm humiliated. I don't want anyone to know what I'm going through. Man, I am so much pain. I've never felt this kind of pain before. I, I even wonder, why is this happening to me? Did I do something wrong? You see people in the Bible think that all the time, Right? But what is so interesting about the the, the spirituality of the people of Israel is they understood because God always showed up in their suffering. God always heard their cries, right? And so God was always a God who did not skip the middle, but God was very, very firmly entrenched in the middle. By the way, did you know that they think that a, a, a good portion of the Bible, like disproportionate amount of the Bible, of the Hebrew Bible, was written while the people were in captivity, Right? It was this time that many of us would be like, oh, God, like, you know, like, where, have you, where did you go? We complain. We look to other things. But this was a time where the people of Israel really found God, right? In many ways, they were like, man, we're in this darkness. Where do we look? We got to look up, we got to look to where God is. And then to know that God was there with them, they found God during this time. Is that true of us? And by the way, I wanna show you the verses that came right before the whole steadfast love of the Lord never ceases part, right? So we didn't read this part, but this is verses 17 and on. My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. Oh, that's like so like dark, right? I've forgotten what happiness is. So I say my endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. You gotta remember, these are people who have seen a conquering army come in and kill people and enslave people. And they have been marched hundreds of miles away from their own home to be in a land where they they just don't know how long they're going to be there. They might be there forever for all they know, right? And they've gone from the glories of King David and King Solomon and these very high points to now being captives, right? to their city, Jerusalem, the temple being completely destroyed, right? So you can kind of understand where they're coming from, right? Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Friends, do you see that? There's this kind of contrast, right? And this idea of, we talked about this both and, there there, there can be two things that are true, right? It says on one hand, my endurance has perished, so has my hope from the Lord. On one hand, they feel hopeless. On one hand, they feel the pain. And then on the other hand, it's like a switch can go off where they say, but this I call to mind, right? This idea that right here is hopelessness. But what you can do is you can switch. You, You can call to mind something different. And all of us have this potential. And I got to tell you, you know, as a Christ follower for how long has it been now? It's been like 24 years, uh, longer than that, 34 years I've been following Christ. It's been a long time. Yeah, I think about 34 years I've been following Christ now, you know. And there, there, there are these times where even though a part of my mind knows the hope I have in Christ, there are times I don't feel that. Right? I'm just being honest. What about you? Are you always like, yes, God is able, yes, God is good, yes, God is with me all the time? Or are there are times where you're just being honest, like something hits you, man. It's traumatic, it's hard, and it's difficult, right? And all of a sudden, your like higher brain and higher functioning gets switched off, and you're just in survival mode, right? And you're just like, you're in fear, and and, and maybe you're panicking. Or maybe you're just like, man, what is going on, right? And it's so hard to see the light. All you can see is this darkness around you. But just like the people of Israel, friends, I think that we can have these reminders. And there is this switch that we can hit where we can turn our eyes. We can call to mind something, right? This I call to mind and therefore I have hope. What did they call to mind? That the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Friends, this is the the message that I think, man, we need to hear, right? Because for us, life is like this, right? You know, at times. You know, sometimes it's just like really crazy, right? But this is what we are told about the love of God. It's like this. What does that word steadfast mean? means it doesn't change, right? When you're at your lowest, God is still here, right? When you're up here, God is way higher, but he's still the same, right? No matter where you are, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It never ceases. It will never quit on you. There's a implication in the Hebrew, this idea of of, of this idea that, that God is not going to quit you. God is not going to give up on you. Right? God's love did not expire because of your challenges, because of your sinfulness, right? Because of your forgetfulness. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, right? And so, friends, this idea that every day the the sun comes up is another reminder, is another reminder. You can look and you can say, oh, that's right. God, your love is faithful. Right? Because I got to tell you, there are times where, you know, like in a day, you know, some, sometimes like there's the light and you can see things clearly. And other times during the day, there's darkness. And friends, I don't think there's anything wrong with lamentation, with this idea of, of, of grieving the things you go through, right? It's not to say that life is always happy, happy, joy, joy. It doesn't have to be. I, I know we talked about this last week right? This idea that God brings us through things, right? And God didn't do those things to us, right? But God is always good in those things, right? That even the things that seem to be meant for our harm can be used for our good, right? And it's a beautiful thing. And yet, friends, life can be hard, and God totally understands that, And right? Like, sometimes you look at the Psalms, and on one hand, you know, you've got David, or you've got the psalmist uh, 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 saying things like, God, where have you gone? Right, I just feel so alone. I feel like, like, like I'm, I'm just being like chewed up and spit out. Right, my enemies are all around me. Right, I, I, I just feel like I want to die, and yet, and yet, and yet, my soul will praise the Lord, and yet I will remember where my help comes from. Both of those things can be true, right? that we can go through things and we're human beings and we're gonna feel what we're gonna feel, right? And sometimes you gotta do that when you're in the middle. You gotta learn how to be honest with what you're going through and to include God in that. But as we do that, we can call to mind, right? We can call to mind, we can turn our eyes and be reminded, oh yeah, that's right, your love never changes, right? Your mercies never come to an end, your mercies are new every morning. I love that. I love that because it's this idea, again, two things can be true. It's constant and yet it's new, right? Like, like, like it doesn't get boring, in other words, right? You can experience God's love and mercy and grace in new ways for the rest of your life. Sometimes I think we think because something is consistent that it's going to be boring. But in the same way that I hope this is true in, in, in your love relationships, right? Maybe there's someone that, that like, like, you know their love and you know them, right? Because you've been with them before. But as you go through life, you're going to see new wrinkles to their love. You're going to see new parts of them. You're going to see things, especially when you go through the fires, where you're going to be like, oh, I've never seen your love like that before, right? And hopefully it surprises you. And I think that is true of our God. It's not like you just wake up and you're just like, oh yeah, duh, God loves me, right? Sometimes I think that's the way we treat God's love. But with a new application of suffering and difficulty and humiliation and all of the stuff that we go through, that we look up and we're like, oh yeah, that's right. Your your love still hasn't changed, huh? Wow, I've never experienced it like that before. It can be new every morning. And sometimes you're in the dark and you don't see it. But you'll have these moments where, you know, emotions calm down a little bit. Maybe you get a little bit of a perspective. And it's like the sun coming up. And maybe then you can see it, right? And in the one moment, you're like, oh, God, where are you? I don't even know if I believe anymore. And then the next moment, you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> God, you never left. Your grace is good, right? And friends, God can embrace the whole you in that. God can embrace the fact that you go through that. And he's like, you know what? Guess what? Tomorrow, right? You went through this today. You, you had this like crazy flip-flop, right? On one hand, you're like, you don't even know if you're a Christian. And the next moment, you're like, God, I love you and you're great. And your lo- love is like steadfast and it's, it's constant and your mercies are new every morning. Yeah, I believe that. And then the next day, God's like, you know what? I, I, I know how fickle you are. I know that this next day is gonna be like the last, But it doesn't change my love for you. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. What does that mean, friends? Portion. It's talking about food, right? Sustenance, right? Do you ever make portions of food? Do you ever, like, kind of, like, uh, sort of uh, um, miscalculate a portion right? Like, like there might be a time where you're like, hey, I think this is going to be enough food, and it's not, right? And then the next time you're like, oh, man, last time I was like mad hungry, and that wasn't enough. So this time, double portion. Or maybe if, if we're being honest, triple portion, right? And we're like, yo, I'm going to make sure I have enough, and it's like way too much, right? This is the idea with God. God is our portion, and it's a way of saying God is enough. God knows exactly what you need, and God is going to be enough every time, right? No matter what you go through, God is going to be enough, right? And this is in contrast to the world you live in. We need to be reminded of this every morning, every day, because so many of us, we go through this fear, and the fear, it's just part of our culture. And one of the greatest fears that we have in this culture is the fear of scarcity, the fear that we're not going to have enough, right? That's where so much of injustice comes from, right? Because so many people are like, well, oh, I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough. So we just hoard it all, right? And we take it from people who need it. And we're like, yeah, but what if I don't have enough, right? And then we look around this and then there's a bunch of people who don't have enough, right? What if we could look at our God and say, God, you're enough for me. You're enough spiritually. You're enough emotionally. You're enough for my soul. No matter what I go through. Sometimes we worry about that, right? Like maybe not so much about the money thing, but maybe it's more about am I going to have the spiritual and mental and emotional resources to go through this again? I don't know if I can handle it. I don't know if I'm going to be enough. I don't know if my mind is going to be enough. I don't know if my soul is going to be enough. I don't know if, if, if my, 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 all of the, the things that I've learned and, and been able to, like my emotions, I don't know if I can handle it again to go through the stuff of life. You know, that last time I was stuck in the middle, man, it took so long to get out of it. I don't want to do it again. Maybe some of you guys feel like that because you've been through it, right? But this is the message The God who says, my love is steadfast. My mercies are new every morning, right? My faithfulness is great. So much greater than you will ever know. I'm your portion. I'm enough, right? If you come and eat from me, you'll always have enough. That is the promise that we have. So we need to learn to hope in him. Not in ourselves, right? The Lord is good to those who wait for him to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. What, what, what does that mean? What does that look like? I know we talk about that sometimes, that waiting upon the Lord, right? And, and there's a couple things there that, that, again, two things are true at the same time. It says, wait on the Lord and yet seek him, right? So which one is it, right? Because waiting to us is very passive, Right? Waiting means doing nothing in a lot of cases, but that's not the kind of waiting what they're talking about. What they're talking about is like, you, know, you could be waiting for something, but you still live your life, right? You still do the things you have to do, right? But you know, like you're waiting for, um, I don't know, a call to come about whether or not you got a job, right? And so there's different kinds of waiting, right? There's a waiting where you still do the things you have to do, like you still go and, you know, like like you're trying to find out about a new job, but you go and you do your old job, right? And you still show up every day, and you still hang out your, with your family, and you still pay your taxes and do all the stuff you need to do, but you're still waiting, right? And then there's a different kind of waiting, where it's more about anxiety and scarcity, where, like, there's the phone, and you're just... Waiting by the phone, like, ah, come on, ring! Come on, ring! Or worse, you go to the employer, right? And you beat down the door, and you're like, hey, yo, I just gotta know, I gotta know. That's not waiting. It's not really waiting. It's not the kind of waiting that it's talking about. Waiting upon the Lord trusting that your answer will come trusting that your sustenance will come trusting that the steadfast love of the lord will come in time to those who seek him and to those who trust that it's not about you going out and getting it it's about god coming to you and so it's about being open right and it's about trusting that's really what about waiting is right and in many ways friends I think when we start to go and look at other things to get the things that only God can give us, right? It's not really waiting upon the Lord. We are now like panicked, (laughs) you know, in panic or in fear, searching for things that will not satisfy us. And sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget to look up. I gotta tell you, friends, in this season, um, this is just my confession to you. I, I, I know I'm your pastor, but I'm a human being. You know, and and I got to tell you that at times during the season of waiting and being in the middle, my prayer practice has slipped a little bit, you know. And and why would that be, right? Because I think like with everything that I've learned, I should be like, I should pray more, right? But in some ways, because of my anxiety, because of my fear, right, there are times where it's so easy to be like, you know what, instead of going to the park and spending time with God, I'm going to go take a nap. And there are many days where I would do that you know? And, and I'm just trying to be honest with you guys. There are times where it's been so hard to do that, and I just needed that reminder, right? I needed that reminder to say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. There have been times th- this week where I didn't feel like going to the park to spend time with God, um, but I did. I went, And every time when I would go, um, I would experience this great peace. And I would know this reality that God is my portion. And it would be wonderful. It would be really, really great. You know, but I have to be honest um, that when you're in it, sometimes it's hard to remember that, friends. But I wonder if there is a way that in the back of your mind, you know, you know, even though you're going through it, right, that always God is there. All we got to do is turn right? And, and, and when we turn and we make ourselves available, when we pray, when we spend time with God, it's not a hard thing, right? I, I know I talk all the time about going to the park, but you could just go for a walk in your neighborhood. You could just sit uh, in a chair by a window, you know, and put your phone away and just spend some time with the Lord, right? Just in quiet. You don't even need to do anything, right? Waiting on the Lord, it doesn't say do lots of stuff, say lots of stuff. Just wait on him and he will come, and his help will come. That is the promise that we have, right? And so, friends, let us be reminded that his mercies are new every morning. I wanted to just end with um, a song that I used to sing when I was a kid and uh, into youth group. Um, it's, It's a very, very old song, and it's literally this verse, right? And so I wanted to sing it because maybe if you know it, it'll remind you of this truth, I've been singing this song all week in preparation for this message, but man, there, there are times like even last night, um, I was like singing this song to myself, and it just brought me this great call, right? And so it's a very, very easy song. It, it's just the, the lyrics. Uh, it's just the, the, the scripture that we just read. And so friends, if you wouldn't mind singing this with me, I, I'll sing it once, and uh, if you want to join along, great. It goes like this. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. Let's sing the steadfast love. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, his mercies never come to an end, they are new every morning, new every morning, great is thy faithfulness, O Lord, great is thy faithfulness. God, every morning the sun comes up and every night the sun goes down. And the next day the sun comes up again. And Lord, um, we're reminded that your love is constant like the sun. And just like the sun, even when we can't see it, your love is still there. Your presence is still there. God, even when we go through the dark, it's because we've turned our back, God, to the sun. But Lord, we always have this opportunity (coughs) to turn our eyes back. So God, even though we go through troubles and difficulties and we have those moments of freak out or panic, those moments where we worry or despair, God, in those moments when we can see the sun again, when we can see a little bit more clearly, God, teach us, Lord, to turn our eyes back to you and to remember. Maybe it'll be through this song. Maybe it'll be through our own uh, improvised prayers to just say, God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy, which is new again today. And just like the sun came out today, Lord, your love and mercy never fails to show up for me, no matter what I go through, God. I thank you, Lord. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.